Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to part two of the Stompcast. Kate and I are just meandering through Clapham Common. It's a lovely day. It's warm, but not too warm. It's a gentle breeze, isn't it? It's lovely. It's I so mean, it's nice. it's kind of picture perfect, isn't it? I would say so. And we're saying this as Abby's firing away, I should say, from her camera, um, taking <laughs> yes, some... Thank you for completing some, that some, sentence. Some lovely, <laughs> lovely, uh, some lovely uh, photos, I have no doubt, as well. And if you want to check out some of the photos we take, and we post them on the, the Stompcast page, you can have a little look at some of those. You do a great job, Abs, don't you, at the photos? And the captions are usually pun- pun-tastic as well. So. <laughs> I look forward to that. I'd like to dive into um, some of the moments, I guess, that you look back on so far of kind of highlights from your career or moments. You just go, wow, that was a, a crazy time. And I, was, I wondered if we could start um, around uh, Princess Diana and Candle in the Wind, because I believe this is a very, very, it's a good story. I've heard parts of it, but I'd love to hear the context, because it's kind of a famous moment, if you like. Isn't it, it? it became, well, horribly it yes. became that, but, you know, yeah. tragically it became that. So I think for me, that show was the show that I decided that that's where I, I made my mind up about telly and me because I'd been approached to to host a television show. It was a current affairs show uh, on ITV with Nick Knowles and two other hosts, Alison and Alan, they were called. And it was a youth current affairs show. Nobody watched it. It was up against the EastEnders omnibus. Remember when that was a thing? Oh, gosh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> two or three hours. But it was also. a way for ITV to sort of try out new young talent. I was more interested in producing than presenting, but I had, by that point, left Smash Hits. I was working at The Times, I was working at Marie Claire. It was a summer job. It was like, come and do this for a summer. No one's going to watch it. See if you like it. <laughs> Man, that's is that how, how they premise it to you? Kind Don't of, worry. Because I was, like, I, I was so reluctant. Yeah. But when, the, the way they pitched it to me that got my attention was a really smart woman called Trish Powell came to me and she said look on a business level you need to take this meeting with me and take it seriously because mm. you work in print print is in demise mm. it's in palliative care mm. you know readers are leaving in their thousands and I knew that I knew that I'd, I'd been managing decline mm. at smash hits you know the glory our best days were definitely behind us in terms of print and she said there's a revolution coming Oh, she had me at Revolution. I love her. I can't, love the, a my FOMO cannot miss a and we've, Revolution. We've already established you totally. like to try new things. You're curious yeah. about new things. And she's yeah. like, at that time, we just launched Channel 5 in the UK. Mm. The Spice Girls were the launch act, you know. Um, and she went, you know, there's more TV channels coming. There's going to be hundreds of them coming over the hill. It's going to be a digital <laughs> revolution. And there's going to be a demand for people like you and your skills. Mm. But you're, you're never going to prosper in this environment if you don't have... Uh, experience. So I said, okay, I'll do it on condition that I don't just present. I also want to produce my own items. I want to learn how mm. to edit. Mm. I want it to be kind That's of like so a YTS scheme for the summer. That's so amazing. So off we went. And my eighth show, so I'd done seven hours of telly at this point, was on, it was on a Sunday. Diana passed away. Sadly passed away, yeah. That day, uh, as did Dodie Fayed. And ITV decided that they wanted to keep 
our show on air to give ITN News a chance to catch the breath. And it was so important to do it justice. It was so important to not mess it up. I knew that we were in a moment of history. Oh, huge. And I was utterly ill-prepared. I didn't even have any black clothes. You know, like I was living in a Novotel in Southampton. Mm. I just had to ferret around and borrow something from somebody. And one of the parts of the show that I was entrusted with was mm. to edit together um, a montage at the end of the show to play out that shone a light on the work that she did with young people. So Diana, Princess of the Young. And I needed a piece of music to go with it. And the music library was shut because it was a Sunday. So I just had to rummage around and find something in my car on CD. That's just cut. It wasn't scratched. It's just, oh my gosh. And the, the only thing that I had that felt even closely appropriate was Elton John's Greatest Hits. And I just scanned the track listing and went, yeah, that, Candle in the Wind, she's our Diana. And I, I ran it, it makes my hair, my hair stand up as you say it. You're telling the story, my hair's actually standing oh. up. You can see that, look. You can verify. It's just an unbelievable moment because we all remember that. Sorry, carry on. It's just, was, wow. Yeah. Yeah, so I remember, wow. oh, that's very kind of you. Thank you. Well, it's really weird talking about this moment yeah. because ultimately I have to remember it's wrapped in loss and mm. a tra tragic death. Two mm. young men, two young boys lost their mother that day. Mm. Unbelievable. You know, it, it feels really uncomfortable to claim mm. any sense of... Um, moment in that moment but it is the and of course we know that and we understand exactly we, we absolutely accept that and it's just, you know what has happened and for that family it continues obviously yeah, we mean, see to see roll on but of course she impacting. what you said is that she was that she was the people's princess as well and people like yourselves in those moments are capturing moments well, of grief for everyone else that's the point i think, I think it goes back to you know what i've always been about which is words right you know the lyrics Goodbye, Norma Jean. You know, you just you, you hear it. I mean, obviously, Elton went on to rewrite it, but mm. I just ran it into the edit, and and I just thought lyrically, this tells the story that it feels like it's unfolding right now. So you took the CD up from your car, yeah, into the I don't edit. Think I think I've got it back actually. <laughs> <laughs> Still got my CD. Cheeky sods, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Meridian, yeah, yeah. Um, in Southampton, um, but it played out, and then obviously the radio started to pick up on that. I mean, you have to remember in those moments we have. Um, set pieces, for like, you know, in the event of the Queen's death, I can't tell you how many times I've rehearsed the Queen's death, mm. right? I knew what was coming. We never rehearsed Diana because mm. it was, she was never meant to pass. No. So everybody was finding their feet. So to find one piece of music that commercial stations could play mm. without offending people, mm. everybody jumped on it. And I think yeah. that's what, I think that's well, why. It's, it's now, now and I, I must admit, I didn't actually realise that that was where it had come from. But in my head, and I think Candle the Wind, it was that, it was, like I think of Diana, but I actually I must admit didn't know that connection from it. It's just ama it's just just amazing to hear. Well, yeah, he wrote it that. about Marilyn Monroe, and then very in, in very recent years, Nick Knowles, who's my co-host on the day and um, a very lovely man, Kay Burley, I think, had said on Twitter. Woman, I got up one morning on Sunday and I saw that I was trending, which always makes my heart lurch. You know, you're like. Oh shit, I'm trending. Yeah, what yeah. have I done? Yeah. I hadn't even been out the night before. Yeah. So. And it was basically Kay Burley had said something like, I don't know, that Sky had used that track first and Nick jumped in or vice versa and basically said, no, Kate played it first. And it became a sort of dogfight about who mm. played it first. And I was just like, oh, don't, let's not, yeah, let's, let's not, not row about that, this. That, it's, yeah, it's not very unseemly people. Yeah. Um, but Nick was very honourable in his defence, um, I Good have place, to say. Yeah. But that, that, that song. 
did find a way to soundtrack the way we were all feeling at that time, that somebody had been taken too soon, this, this superstar well, I, of a woman, this beacon of hope, uh, this very complicated woman. You know, the I, world was transformed. And it's odd how the world works, you know, because I, I last night was, had the, the crown on and it was kind yeah. of Diana episodes. It's odd how the world works, we're talking about this now. But, you know, what I remember that day, because I was very little, I was probably only, what, I don't know, like six or so. I can't remember my age exactly, but I, what I do remember, and I remember it as a distinct memory, is going downstairs on a Sunday, because I'd always go downstairs, I'd wake up early, I'd go downstairs and put the cartoons on and yeah. put things on. Yeah. So I went down and I went to try and put the channel on, and I learned how to put the channel on, and there was no cartoons. I yeah. went up to, well, Mum was having a lie and she was tired, and I said, Mum, the, the cartoon's not working. She said, go and try again, of course they are, try another channel. She said, Mum, it's not, like, there's not, all it's showing is whatever. I guess it said something along the lines to him say that it was news, but I didn't understand the context, I had no idea what was going on. And she said, that's so weird. She came downstairs and she immediately saw the screen, just started crying, and I was obviously so young, I was just like, what is going on here? Like, Mam's crying at like something that's happened and she said she just kind of sat down and she was so upset for like weeks or whatever so many people felt such a connection with her I think a know? lot of people felt it on in ways that they never anticipated mm. they would it surprised a lot of people the depth of their feeling the connection that they had with this woman who for millions of people would never have met um, yeah it was an extraordinary moment and I, I remember driving home that day after that show I've no idea. I mean, that show is just a blur. I've never watched it back, and I probably never will. Really? Uh, Have you not no, tempted to watch it? No, not at all. Seven hours mm. into my television career going, thank you, Trevor, to Trevor McDonald, going, oh, my God, imposter syndrome. Um, Gosh. No, but I remember driving home after that, and the country was silent. And I didn't put the radio on in the car. I didn't put any music on. I just drove home from Southampton to London in absolute stunned silence. Mm. And by the time I got out of the car, I just thought, this is what I'm going to do. This is, mm. I'm going to be a live broadcaster mm. because for all of the awfulness that, that that day was about, to be embedded in that story and to be telling it as it broke. But you yeah. remember, it is part of time. And I think so much of I, purpose I in life is to feel should be. should be. Yeah. And I think there's so much purpose. I, I just think people always remember moments in time. It's an interesting conversation. Like there's a completely separate conversation about people are anti or pro, pro anti monarchy but one thing that's absolutely oh, I think is undeniable is that we remember ages and time by who the monarch was and what happened at that time mm -hmm. so you might not even like the royal family but you will still associate that certain but period I don't think anybody wasn't moved by the loss no. of Diana exactly, because yeah. fundamentally it was the story of a woman who was restarting a new chapter of her life after away from an her. intense period of unhappiness that was the mother to two young boys and they were all robbed of that opportunity to grow up and grow old together. And that is always going to, to make you want mm. to shed a tear. And the two boys walking behind, of course, oh. so you just, that will never be, I don't, I, I don't I'd hope that would never happen yeah, again. Same. Um, I just, you look back at some things, that, you look back at some things of time, we've got to be careful. And I think it's actually very important, again, when we were talking about, you know, being respectful, it's remembering that at certain times things are seen appropriate and then they're less appropriate. That doesn't mean that we shouldn't look at them and go, that isn't right, we shouldn't do that. And if that ever happened, we, we, we need to do this differently. But those were the times it was but kind of in, wasn't context, it? context, right? Context is everything, which goes right back to what we were talking about in part one, which is why I love podcasts, because you can apply a context, you know. Mm. We're not going to chop this conversation up so it doesn't mm. live without context. People hear this in, the fullness in its of it, entirety, yeah. and sometimes that's really important.
and sometimes it's really boring, <laughs> depending <laughs> on whether or not you like this level of conversation. <laughs> so you went from from that kind of moment. You were, you were in the car driving home. You thought, right, this is this is it. So at, by that at that point, I sort of said, I'll try the show, but I wasn't convinced that yeah. being on camera was for me. Um, I loved being an editor. I liked running a team. I liked being a backroom leader, not front of house on camera. Mm. I just, it just never occurred to me that that would be for me. And then another thing happened on that show. I went off and I made a story. I made lots of different stories across the series that, that summer. And I started to really fall in love with the idea mm. of storytelling and I was getting my own stories on screen as well. I'd pitch my own ideas so and they'd, nice. they'd say yeah. So I felt like I was really having um, an input. And one of the stories involved me going down to Top of the Pops and interviewing the producer of Top of the Pops, director, producer, a guy called Chris Cowie. And we hit it off quite well. It was very nice, very exciting to be on the set of Top of the Pops. Being there before as the editor of Smash Hits. So, you know, still a thrill though mm. to go down there. So cool. Thought nothing so more cool. of it. He then calls me randomly, randomly, months later. And it was, I was at home decorating my kitchen. And he rang me and said, could you get to Elstree Studios in two hours? And I was like, uh, hello, why? He's like, Jane Middlemas, who was the host at the time, has gone off sick. If you can get here in two hours, you can host Top of the Pops this week. Oh, I was like, Roadrunner. Oh <laughs> You've never seen me move so quick. My God. And that... <laughs> that gives me nerves in my stomach yeah. hearing it. Gosh. And that was so exciting. Yeah. You know, you talk about I'm moments. glad you're excited. That... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I mean, like... Were you scared as well? Were you kind of, are you like, I'm going for this? Maybe sometimes it's better when you're just like, this is here, let's, this is it. Totally, if I don't just have to go and... yeah, exactly. Just go and do it. I Bam. know that I was so overexcited that I had to redo the opening link because I was too high-pitched. I see, I <laughs> And see. my country accent came out because I'm from Cheltenham in Gloucestershire. So I was a bit like, it's... It's Friday, it's 7.30. <laughs> and they were like, no, do it again. Said, it's Friday, it's 7.30, it's still number one. And then the camera would pull out, it's, it's yeah. Top of the Pops. Oh. And then you go, da 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 Oh, so cool, isn't it? And I grew up, like that was... That's so cool. That was my church, the Top 40. That must have been such a moment of like, this is just like... And I've had a few of them in my life, but where you just kind of go, like, I can't quite comprehend how crazy this actually is no. it's like what is going on here? but they all feed each other right so if yeah. i'd never have been the editor of smash hits then i would never have been offered the job of hosting uh, the current affairs show mm. anyway because the producer would see me on the news as the editor of smash hits so then i go off and make this current affairs show and it involves you know an afternoon's filming at top of the pops as part of a story mm. the producer remembers me calls me suddenly i'm working in entertainment light entertainment then I thought I'd better get an agent. So I get an agent and he'd signed this really brilliant young presenter who was really starting to make a name for herself, Davina McCall. Yes. And Davina had this, this slot as a kind of, so she wasn't the main host of this show. The main host of this new show that was being made were going to be Danny Minogue and Garen Day. And then Davina was going to be like roving reporter girl. Yeah. yeah? Well, Danny Minogue then got a record deal, so she had to pull out. So Davina got promoted up. Yeah. I just signed with a new agent. He said to, you know, LWT, why don't you look at this new girl I've just signed? Yeah. I went in for her to have a meeting with them. And then I had a Saturday night show all of a sudden. Like, hang on a minute. I wasn't going to do telly six months ago. Uh, yeah. Now I'm doing Top of the Pops, a Saturday night show. None of this was planned. What a, what a ride. It's kind of, it does make you, I, I am a big believer in life that, 
in most things you've got you've got several things at play but when you look at like things like this happening it's it's having a bit of talent you have to have that you've definitely got to have hard work and hard work also includes i think the perseverance i think a big part of it being yeah. there like i'm going for this and also I don't know whether you call it timing or luck or something, well, but it's a sprinkle of something just to, and go for it. Yeah. Because sometimes an opportunity presents and you go, oh, no, no, not for me. I'm not going to go for some, you know, we worried. I think fear, and I talk about it a lot on the podcast, the fear of failure often, I think, prevents well, people from going I for it. I think that's really important. I, a, I didn't have that as a young person. I just didn't feel the I'm fear. I'm going for it. <laughs> and then when fear and fail, when the fear of failure became apparent and was used as a way of sort of... Um, no, generating interest in the mm. press, you know, mm. certainly around working on shows like The X Factor, will she keep her job? Oh, she's going to get fired. Oh, she's being fired. I think the fear of being taken out of that role and all of the chat that preceded the actual act of it was way more unsettling. Once you've, and I'm not even going to call it failed because I wasn't, I didn't fail, I was mm. fired or whatever. Um, it's not a failure. That's somebody else's decision. That's somebody else's Life choice. And but and it was a, it was humiliating. The way it was done was humiliating. What was the context around it for those that maybe don't don't know? What what was the context? Um, the context is that I suppose that I ended up hosting the X Factor because I'd already hosted Pop Idol, mm. and Pop Idol I, I did the ITV2 mm. show, and I got the job on Pop Idol because Simon Fuller um, suggested me, mm. and I knew Simon Fuller because he was the Spice Girls manager and we'd worked very closely yeah. together at Smash Hits. So again, it's just like, you know, it's, circle, it's yeah. a small business. It's a really small business. Um, so that's how I ended up mm. on the show. Yeah, and then from, from there, with everything, I guess, um, with what happened next, Factor, I guess, where you said that you were fired or whatever happened, obviously we don't, no one, no one really knows apart from the people in the situation. It, I think it's, I don't know what, how you reflect on it, but sometimes it, yeah, I guess it, there's lots of things that happen in our life that teach us we're not in control of everything, are we? A lot that, of the time, there's an element of accepting the fact that some things will happen, you can't, and yeah. I'm not afraid or whatever, but I think some, the immediate thing I thought, like with my brother, for example, sometimes you know, you're doing all these worse, things. Right? No, 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 no. You no, lost no, a family friend. member, no, no, no. I lost, a, I lost no, a contract. No, but no, I, I, I don't know. No, they I are actually, incomparable. Yes, but I, 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 I say yes and no. But the, the, the point is, is that sometimes things just happen, yeah. doesn't it? Mm. And it hurts, and the shit hurts. And, but sometimes you have to then, we, we as humans always want a reason. Why did this happen? Or you look at it in yourself, and sometimes I think it's a very hard skill. I'm not sure it's one I've completely mastered as someone who's quite introspective, but learning just to go, right, brush your hands together, brush yeah. things off and move on. Well, I, think I those, find that those hard. I learnings, find that hard. Yeah, well. I find it hard. But it's hard the first time. And I think that's where fear you learn to manage it once you've experienced it, right? So the fear of it happening, like I said, was, was keeping me awake far more mm. at night than the weeks and months that preceded the actual act of it happening. Because then it was like, right, well, that's happened, so now what am I going to do? Do you know it's the kind of I thing... I actually had some control in that situation because yeah. it was like, well, I'm not going to do that, obviously, because they don't want me to. Yeah. So now what am I going to do? Now yeah. that I could control. Yeah, exactly. So... Exactly. And then the fear of that happening again... 
Well, I've been through it once, and do you know what the it's worst? It's not the worst. It's, it's not. not the worst. That's the thing. You know, it, it reminds me of. Um, and again, I'm, again, I'm not talking about failure, whether it's this or that. And actually, the irony is, most of the time when these things happen, something better comes along, something better happens in your life. Well, and, maybe and, it was or just different. meant to happen. But I, know? but I remember. I mean, you know, when I didn't, I, I missed out on my marks. I've told this story, told this story so many times, but miss out on the marks I needed to get into med school. Literally, worst thing I could ever imagine happening. Ever. I mean, this was literally like, oh my god. I remember I, you telling the story. And it was. And, it, and, and actually, in reality, yeah, it was. A bit crap for a couple of days or a couple of weeks but I'm fine I'm here and you know and, and then actually passed? and I still got through and I got in and sometimes I think the fear of the worst is often worse, worse than, than the worst, worst. Totally. it's true isn't it 100% so now I think you know were that was when anything big like that comes at me again and I say big like that actually in the grand scheme mm. of life literally isn't mm. that big um, but you know, when things don't go to plan, when, for example, I became a single parent and I hadn't planned mm. for that, uh, and when that awful reality hits that this is what's, this is what's coming, this isn't gonna work. And this, that, that, that required a huge, I mean, that was tough. Mm. Losing a job wasn't tough. Mm. Losing my belief in a family yeah. unit really was. Um, really, really was. But because I'd already been through a bit of a punch-up, I suppose. Mm. I was a bit, I was, I was battle-hardy. Mm. And nothing scares me like that anymore mm. because I've been through it and I know that, do you know what happens the next day? Nothing, the world carries on spinning, right? You open your curtains, uh, the sun has risen, people get about their business and so must you to the best yeah. of your ability. It's kind of my mum said it actually, it was, I, I really felt absurd. You must it. have felt that after your brother's well, death. Well yeah, because you know the next day, it, I remember because he died on a beautiful sunny day, to be honest, much like today. But, and then the day after when I got out of bed, I hardly, obviously hadn't slept, I got up and I was like, the birds are tweeting much like they are now, the sun is shining. And I walked down, there was a rail, there's a railway track by our old house. So I looked and the train went by and I just realised all of a sudden that even in the life's worst and even in best moments or even the dull moments, the world carries on, the sun rises. It, it, it goes, and, and I think there is a degree of comfort in that, whereas it might sound cruel. And for a brief moment, I thought the world is cruel. How dare the sun shine? Like, I know it sounds ridiculous, but, but how dare it be good? It's a rhythm good? of life, exactly. right? And yeah. you, you fall out of it and you fall back into it. And you know, as a mother now, I'm looking at my 15-year-old son, and I know that one day something's going to knock him off his feet and disappoint him and, mm. and cause him to dig deep, recalibrate, whatever it is, right? And it will be awful to stand by and watch him have to go through that. Mm. But he will and he must mm. and he will be fine because he is mm. armed with the tools of life and a very sensible head on even mm. young shoulders to cope with that. He's got a great mum, I think. That's, uh, that, the thing is, so much of your things that you've learned in life, you'll have passed on, won't you? You'll have passed on these lessons. And that, that I think is so, that's what I think is so important about young people being given tools. And you don't always have, I think a lot of life is tripping over and understanding and learning the pain of falling off your bike and how to ride the bike. But I also think we can, we don't always have to We'd always have to face things without that support around us. It's kind of like going, right, let me help pick you up and put you yeah. back on that bike. And I think that's what that's I believe schools should be a little bit more like. And, and, and not to, the te I know this is what teachers want, but in terms of less, sometimes a bit of less of academia, a bit more of life lessons, I think. Oh my think. God, 100%. Yes. Even, and when I say life lessons as well, like teach kids Tools net gross, do, yeah. teach them tax, yeah. national insurance. Exactly. What does it pay for? You know, teach about break, heartbreak. 
Teach about... I think teach about heartbreak, yeah. about loss, about grief, yeah. because one thing's teach certain... Teach young women to have some sense of final, financial agency, mm. because I have so many friends that are that feel that they can't leave relationships for financial reasons. It did, it may, because they didn't make smart choices mm. in the first place. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, so, that, so you can stand on your own two feet. And please teach us about flipping inflation rate and all this stuff because, do you know what? It. Do you know what I remember? I, I said before, I just remember getting a paycheck, first paycheck, and I was absolutely baffled. I, I genuinely yeah, what, does, doctor, what does that mean? I what? was baffled. I said, like, why are you taking 10% there or this there? And Why do I, I want like, a pension? Oh my God, yeah. You'll want a pension, please, trust me. Yeah, please <laughs> teach us more at school to help us. Listen, that's a nice note to end on. Uh, God, this is, so, this is a fantastic, this is a, this is a fantastic podcast episode. Um, let's end on that note um, and we'll, pick up in part three so thank thank you to everyone so much for joining us um we're going to talk a lot more about life lessons we've kind of started here with a few and we're going to dive in some life lessons in part three so see you all I very hope soon I've got some. i hope I've you've got, got, some. got a few <laughs>